Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. If you're looking for jewelry that makes an impact on your self-care routine and your style, Empowerography would love to offer you a discount code to one of our exclusive partners, Quartz and Canary Jewelry and Wellness Company. Please use code EMPOWER15 to receive 15% off upon checkout at www.quartzandcanary.com. Quartz and Canary is truly the place where spirituality meets style. Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Camille Martin. She is a registered dietitian, a health blogger, and an author. How are you doing today, Camille? I'm doing awesome, Brad. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here today and share a bit about your story and your journey with us today. I appreciate you and I appreciate you taking the time. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. Well, let's jump right in then. So as I mentioned, you're a registered dietitian, a health blogger, an author, and you're also a senior editor for the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. That's one hell of a resume. How do you prioritize and find the time for all of that stuff? Oh my God. I'm a, I'm a mom of two uh, preteen <laughs> girls. So it's not easy, but I mean, you know, you just jump in there and get it done. I do, I have to say, I get up really early, like really crazy <laughs> early, four o'clock in the morning. And so I just have to set the tone for my day, you yeah. know? creating something inspiring and and getting my day planned. So I managed to work it out. Is that 4 a.m. start for you? So you have some time to yourself before the day starts? (laughs) Exactly. And sometimes I even manage to get a workout in. So Oh, look at that. That's a good day. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) How long have you worked as a senior technical editor for the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention? Well, I started with them in 2003 when I was actually in school getting my nutrition degree. So I started as an intern, which I didn't think it was going to go past that, but I ended up just staying and sort of rising up through the levels. And I've been a senior technical editor for probably about five years. Okay. And so what does your job entail with the CDCP? I edit peer-reviewed scientific articles that have to do with chronic diseases and prevention of chronic disease. Okay. Yeah. Sounds quite interesting. It is. It's very interesting. How long have you been a registered dietitian? I've been a dietitian since 2005. So I went back to school. I had been out of school for probably about 10 years. I got an English degree in uh, 92. And then I went back to school to get my nutrition degree. And so then that actually happened because, uh, and we can get into all of this, but my struggles with losing weight and dieting relentlessly and never losing any weight. And the psychotic experience of that, I finally gave up and quit. And when I did, when I decided to quit dieting, I decided that I was going to go down to the local university and take a class on nutrition, which is what I did at night after work. And that just sort of, it kept going and it became a goal and I ended up making an entire career switch. So wow, that started started your journey. So as you mentioned, you dealt with dieting, you call yourself, you called yourself a chronic dieter. Did that decision to become a dietitian have anything to do with your own personal struggles? Was that the catalyst for it? Definitely. 
definitely. Yeah, the catalyst was me being at a point of feeling so demoralized from failing for so many years, like almost 25 years. And I decided, yeah, I remember sitting in my apartment in Atlanta and just bawling and saying, I I can't do this anymore. You know, I'd had an eating disorder. I'd taken diet pills and over-exercised and dieted over and over again. And I just couldn't do it anymore. So I made a decision to quit dieting. That's the only decision I I'm not going to diet anymore. I can't do this. Yeah. And um, when I decided that, I just thought, you know what? I'm just going to listen to my listen to my soul and my body. And what what do you want to eat today? Okay. Well, I'm just going to go eat whatever I want to eat. And I thought by making that decision that I was going to gain tons of weight, but the opposite happened. It's that I just yeah, without all of the resistance and bashing myself and being so hard on myself, everything just sort of leveled out. And I started learning about food. I wanted to learn about food instead of having this fear-based relationship with it. So I decided, as I said, just to take one class, just to educate myself. Mm. And so that's how that all started the change for me. Can you speak to us a bit more about your own personal journey and struggles that you dealt with? Oh, yeah. Well, we probably don't have time to go through every single struggle. (laughs) All the trauma and the craziness. You can give Um, us the bird's eye view. (laughs) Sure, sure. I'll try. I started dieting when I was 12. 12? 12 years old. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And just so your listeners can get a picture of this. I have never been more than probably 15 pounds. I mean, I'm doing air quotes overweight. I was <laughs> never, I was never overweight, but how, how I, do you get started on in diet at 12 years of, oh my of God. Well, I'll tell you how you do is that you're surrounded by people who are giving you these messages, whether it was intentional or not. And I don't think it was that what I looked like was the most important thing that, yeah. And I, it was just sort of passively absorbed, you know, like I need to look perfect. I need to be perfect. All the women around me dieted my mother, all of her friends were always dieting. And so I just thought it wasn't like I was dieting because I was desperate to lose weight. I was doing, emulating what the women around me were doing. Right. But yeah, so I started dieting early on. As I said, I developed an eating disorder in college, taking diet pills, just dieting every diet that I you could ever name from the 80s. I'm sure I did it, but yeah, <laughs> it was totally crazy. And when I look back on it now, it's devastating to me that I've focused so much energy on it. And honestly, if I'm going to be honest, that still is with me. You know, that whole in the back of my mind, you're like, does my stomach look fat? I mean, I have to stop myself so I can empathize deeply with what women are going through when they feel that way about themselves. And I want to do my part in this business to put a stop to that, you know? Yeah. Um, So so you having two daughters, then how do you instill all of this that you've learned into your girls? And and how do you deal with that? Like, have any of these issues come up with your daughters? Oh, yeah. Well, I think there's two answers to that question. Number one, I make sure that I don't repeat those same mistakes that other people made by telling me that's fattening. You need to lose weight. Oh, you've got such a pretty face. You know, if you would just, you just lost a few pounds. It's awful. It's awful. 
Well, I think now as a culture, we're a little more in tune to that. But back mm -hmm. in the 80s, it was like they're giving you a compliment. But A so backhanded <laughs> compliment. Yeah. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Oh. It's awful. It's awful. But those were the women and the men that were raised in a culture that taught them those same things. So on the one hand, I'm making a conscious effort not to do those things. But even more importantly, me starting this whole new career of writing and blogging and wanting to reach out to help other women, they're seeing me do this, you right. know? So the focus they're absorbing from me, I hope, is that you can set a big goal, you can achieve something and inspire other people and be the best that you can be. And if you're doing that, all of that other BS about what you look like, it doesn't go away, but it fades into yeah. the background. Yeah. Leading by example. That's, that's the way to yeah. do it, right? So what was the breaking point for you or the light bulb moment for you with your own personal story where you said, okay, enough, I've got to stop this and I've got to get on the right path here? Well, it was really, I mean, it was a 25 year lead up to the breaking point, obviously, but when I was living in Atlanta in my own apartment by myself, and I was doing all these crazy things like going to work all day and drinking. I remember I went to work, I drank diet Dr. Pepper all day. I put it in the employee fridge and that's all I ate. That's all I, I did was drink diet Dr. Pepper, no water. Obviously <laughs> I would come home and I wouldn't eat and I would try to do a workout and I couldn't get through the workout because I was exhausted, but I was saying to myself, you're, you know, what's wrong with you? You got it. Why can't you just get in there and do it? You know, there's, you don't have any willpower. And then to be frank, I was drinking heavily. And so I would drink, you know, wine and then yeah. I would eat, I would binge eat. Mm -hmm. So, and then I would wake up the next day and the whole thing would start over again. I would be exhausted, hungover and feeling like, complete crap about myself. And I would say today is going to be the day, you know, yeah. and I did the today is going to be the day for, you know, 25 years. So I one day just was literally sitting there alone and crying and saying, I, you can't keep doing this to yourself. So it was actually a moment of like, wow, I need to be nice to myself. You right. Know? And that's what started it. So you, I mean, you now are helping women deal with these issues that you've been through. Who did you have to help you through this? <laughs> Nobody. You just did it yourself. No, all my friends were doing the same crazy stuff. My mom, no, nope. I'm not saying nobody would have helped me. I didn't ask for help because it didn't look like it looked normal. Right. I think that's an issue is that it didn't look crazy. It was, yeah. That's what my friends did too. So. You were surrounded by it. So mm -hmm. this is just normal life. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't have a lot of strong women in my, in my orbit because I grew up in the South and not to make a blanket statement, but that's sort of the, <laughs> the like ground zero of teaching women to be silent and quiet and look pretty and be nice and defer to the men around them. So, you know, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that is just... <laughs> Oh so we're going to fix it. We're going to fix it. <laughs> one, one woman at a time. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. How then, Camille, would you say these experiences have helped shape the Camille you are today, both personally and professionally? Well, professionally, I've, I've got a whole new career for one thing. I mean, I have two sort of separate careers, but professionally, it just helped teach me to just evolve, you know, like you can, you don't have to pick one thing and then stick with it. But honestly, personally, I learned how to believe in myself. It sounds, you know, cheesy, but I really did. I had to I actually, okay, here's another small story. I remember looking at myself in the mirror, straight into my own eyes and saying, 
you know, if I don't have anybody to help me, I've just got to be my own best friend and just pull myself out of this. And so it's sort of like, I just learned how to depend on myself and, and be there for me. So yeah, that's really what I would say. Yeah. That's what my wife and I started teaching our girls from a very young age that, you know, don't depend on anybody. When it comes down to it, the bottom line, you only really have yourself that you can 100% rely on. So don't depend upon anybody for anything. Right. Your girls are so lucky. You're such, that's such a gift to give them. And I think it's, it's not to say that you don't need other people. Like we all need connection. Of course. Don't put all of your eggs in someone else's basket. That's right. That's a great analogy actually. Yes, absolutely. For sure. So I assume then of course you are a huge advocate of self-love and body positivity and women's empowerment. Can you speak a little bit about what those things mean to you on a personal level? For me, female empowerment means overall, it means living your own life. That's authentic. And that sounds like, Oh yeah, I'm going to live a life that's true to me. But I think a lot of women are not doing that. I think we're taught that it's selfish to live for you. Um, And I don't think, I think it's the opposite, but yeah, I think, yeah, I guess that's really it is authenticity saying what you think every day, walking out your door and just not having all of the stress about how are people going to perceive me? Just walk out, be you, whatever that looks like. Okay. Beautiful. So in the media, self-love, women's empowerment, body positivity, they almost come across now as buzzwords, like they've been watered Uh down because the media hypes it up so much and it gets used hashtags and it's used all over the place. Um, Of course, the media has played a big part in this. Do you think that these words still hold the true meaning? Or have they been watered down too much? They don't carry as much weight as they once did. And what are your thoughts um, on the whole movement? Well, I don't think that they don't carry as much weight because of the fact that we have really, I don't remember when we've ever really been talking about it. Maybe in the 70s with you know Gloria Steinem, and that was just totally amazing. But like, just the fact that those words are out there to me is very powerful. I know what you're saying though, but I think... Um, I just think that overall, what's driving mm-hmm. all of the hashtags and the whole thing is very powerful. And even if it's through a hashtag that it clicks with somebody, I mean, yeah, sometimes I get, it gets old to see like, I guess, you know what it bothers me even more is female empowerment is like, just let's talk about it. Let's embrace it. Let's, let's do it. But the whole culture of clean eating now that yeah. pisses me off, but <laughs> you know, the green smoothies, which are great. I drink yeah. green smoothies, but that's the bandwagon that I'm not a huge fan right. of, you know, because that's not leading anywhere, but to make people feel bad about themselves. Right. You know? Yeah. Okay. So speaking of empowerment, how do you define that word? What does that word mean to you personally? Authenticity. Authenticity. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now you have said that there's a powerful connection between women's obsession to lose weight and the cultural conditioning that keeps them locked in a prison of silence, shame, and limitation. What are some of the things in your opinion that need to be done to start making strides to put an end to this type of thing and start to change the conditioning? Yeah. Well, I mean, just talking about it, but I don't think a lot of people are talking about that there is a very strong connection between 
women's being obsessed with looking perfect and the I mean it is a patriarchal culture that that is driving that and I think intellectually some women get that but there's a lot of people a lot of women who are like me who would have never made that connection so there are women who are living in a house married with some kids and you know maybe don't have a lot of goals and who have lost themselves you know, through being a role, like being a mom or being a wife. And those things are wonderful. Yeah. I just feel like that there is a huge group of women who are not getting that the more to the degree that they are trying to fix themselves from the outside in, that's to the degree that they are being silenced and living with this sort of undercurrent of shaming and silencing by our culture. And they're not seeing that. And I want women to see that. And I want them to get angry. Like, you know, like, wake up, this is what's happening. And you're too beautiful and special to waste your life dieting. And that's where it's coming from. And that's what I want women to see. I don't want women to be angry and rageful and like man haters and all of that kind of stuff. But look at your life, look back on it and think about how much time you wasted you have wasted and are still wasting obsessing about what you look like. Like it's a total waste of humanity. And yeah. that's what I want is for, for women to see that. And that starts through conversation. Those, those yes. tough conversations yes. and men need to get involved in this too. Men need to stand beside our women and, and show that we are allies, yes. not, not furthering this ridiculous yeah. conditioning. Well, I think men are victims of it too. We're mm. all like part of the same culture and it's, Yeah, it's just to acknowledge it in your own life and then to help the men around you and the women around you. Let's all talk about it. Let's see what's really happening because our daughter's futures are at stake. Right, for sure. As mentioned, you wrote your first book, Love to Lose, Love Your Life and Watch the Weight Lose Itself. What inspired you to actually sit down and write this book and how long did it take you to write it? Well, I would probably say it took me 15 years to write it. It took me six (laughs) months once I... down and actually did it, but it was 15 years in the making. I had an idea for it and I just couldn't get around to doing it. And honestly, what triggered my just balls to the wall, I'm doing this is that I got a divorce the week after I signed the papers. It was a very liberating. I never thought I would get divorced. Uh And it was me sort of waking up to all of this. It's a long story, obviously, but um, once I got divorced officially, I was like, I feel so free. And I've, my whole new part of my life and that story really, my book was a better book. If I'd written it 15 years ago, it wouldn't have been very good. Right. So it only took, actually, I was so on fire for it. And I broke it down into manageable sections, which yeah. is a, if anybody wants to write a book, that's, you can't just sit down and start writing, but, um, but yeah, it took six months and it was like giving birth and that the package arrived on my doorstep and I opened it up. I was like, my baby is here. It was so exciting. Yeah. Six months. So it just kind of poured out of you. Yeah, it did. Well, I mean, some days it didn't pour out. Of, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah it's, it's a it was, process. It's definitely a process, but it was so worth it. Yeah. Can you tell us a bit about the book and where people can find it? Sure. The book is, it's about, it's two parts, how to lose weight without dieting. And that is the way you do that is you change your habits 
little by little and you change your thoughts at the same time and those two feed off each other and give you you know faster results and then the second part of the book is about setting a bigger goal that has nothing to do with losing weight or what you look like because when you add that to it when you're not focused part of the problem the reason diets don't work this is only one piece of why right it's because you're so focused on what you look like and hating what you look like okay so if you've got another focus over here to build your confidence that really putting that together is what really gives you exponential results so so mindset um, is a huge piece of that puzzle mindset is really where the whole thing starts yeah Um, So I show you step by step by step, how to change your thoughts, how to change your habits. So I've got a whole structure of how to do it, but yeah, you can find it on my website at camillemartinrd.com slash shop. It's on my shop page. Okay. Excellent. Well, people keep an eye, look, take a look at that book. And if you're struggling with this stuff. There you go. Camille will be gladly, gladly help you. Do you talk, do you talk about any of your story in the book or is it strictly? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. So if you want to get into the gory details and (laughs) find out more about me than you wanted to know, it's in that book. (laughs) (laughs) So was the process of writing the book very cathartic for you then? Yes, very, very. But in fact, I have to say, as I mentioned a second ago, what really informed that book and really got me on fire was my personal revelations in the year going through my divorce of how silenced and shamed I have been my whole life and every other woman is too, to a certain degree. So I now I've got a book proposal ready for a new book. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Like the connection of cultural silencing and women obsessing about their looks and wasting their potential. So it's going to be a way more in-depth aspect or analysis, I guess, of all That's of that. great. Congratulations, Camille. Yeah, thank you. Good for you. <laughs> Why is it so personally important to you to use the knowledge you gained in your journey to help women stop wasting time on dieting and embrace everything about themselves, achieve what they, they're truly capable of and lose weight in the process? Well, the one thing I always think of, I mean, a lot of times I wake up in the morning and I think to myself, you know, you don't have to do this. You know, you have a job, you have two kids, you're a busy person, but I do this because I choose to. And the reason why is because everything that I've been through as a human being on this planet for 51 years, all of the trauma and everybody has trauma, no matter what it looks like, all of that is just completely wasted. If I don't use what I've learned to help other women, because I want women to see that they have just tremendous potential. And I feel like that if I do my part to help women understand that dieting is a total waste of time and the whole thing is just a total mess and you don't have to do this, if they got released from all of that and went out and started working toward their potential, I do believe this, the world would change overnight, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, it's so important to me. It's life or death, honestly. Right. And so how well has the book been received? Have you been getting messages and emails? Yeah, Yeah, I have. I self-published it. So, you know, it's not like it's some blockbuster. Not yet. Maybe it will be, but um, yeah, I do. I get a lot of feedback from the women who bought it. I've gotten several women have reached out to me over email and we correspond, but yeah, I've gotten really positive feedback. So about men, any men at all? 
I don't know. I did get one Amazon review from a male psychologist, which okay. was fascinating to me. So yeah, I'm not excluding the men here. If, if it helps <laughs> men too, then that's, that's wonderful. Yeah. For sure. It's mostly women though. Honestly. Yeah. Camille, to date, what would you say is your biggest high or your greatest win? Oh my God. My greatest win is just getting out of an unhappy marriage and learning how to just be confident that I can do all of this on my own. Yeah. That's huge for sure. Yeah. What do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful? I would say my superpower is connecting with other people. And that's only because I have such deep empathy for women who go through or are going through what I have been through. So yeah, connection and empathy. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of success, how do you define the word success? What does that word mean to you? Success means getting up every day and living the life that you want to live, being totally authentic. That's what that means to me. Beautiful. And what makes you you feel inspired or like your best self? <laughs> <laughs> Thinking a lot of days I don't feel my, like my best self, but what makes me feel like my best self, honestly, is when I have a lot of goals and I, I do what it takes every day to move forward that. And a lot of the times what I'm doing is scary to me. It's way out of my comfort zone. You know, being interviewed on podcasts is an example. It took a while to get used to this, being on video. And these are all things that are, they're out of my comfort zone. They're things I didn't know how to do. But every time I face a fear and I do something and choose to go in that direction, I feel like a million dollars. And um, honestly, I wish I, every woman who's listening to this could sit here with me in my kitchen and I could tell them, do you know how scared I've been in my life? Do you know how beat down I have felt or how ashamed or like I didn't measure up? Everyone has the potential to get through that. And it's a lifelong process, but I want every woman to, to start that process. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, we are constant works in progress. We never get to the end. It's, right. it's always a continual journey and continual work. It's just a matter of whether we are able to look within and continue to do that work and keep mm-hmm. going and keep pushing because we're all going to have days where we don't want to, we don't, we feel bad about yeah. ourselves and we're not happy with who we are. And, and that, we got to learn that that's okay to have those days. It's just, you yeah. don't want those days outnumbering the good. Right. Right. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. What would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before learning it? And what was your life like after learning it? The most important thing I can think of is that I learned how to speak up for myself. And that doesn't mean like cussing people out. It just in the smallest ways, like making my desires known and Mm -hmm. saying, you know, I don't really want to do that. Or just saying, you know, I don't have to go to that party. I don't have to call that person back. If I don't feel like it, I don't feel connected. And I, I don't, I don't know. I guess what I'm saying is to feel comfortable doing what I want to do and not, yeah, not doing not feel what bad I for think it. I should do. Yeah. Yeah. Living, um, again, it all goes back to living authentically. So yeah. wait, you asked though, there were, I think I lost your question. What it was like before. Yeah. What was, what was your life like before learning that lesson? And what was your life oh. like once you did learn that lesson? The life that I lived before that was quiet, subservient, making other people feel good at the expense of myself, my pleasure and feeling good, being a people pleaser, you know, trying to look perfect, trying to be perfect. 
And then through my divorce, woo, it was like <laughs> the tea kettle just blew. And I, I let some people have it that needed to be told. And that is not my personality to yell at people or say anything, but I let it all out. And now I feel so free. I don't have any rage anymore. I have, yeah. it's gone. I'm just, I have rage on the part of other women. I want them to be released, but yeah, now my life is peaceful. That's how it looks now. I love it. <laughs> okay we're gonna jump into a little rapid fire section here so the next okay. grouping of questions will just be few word answers okay okay i'll try how would you describe yourself in one word empathetic what would your family and friends list as, as a couple of your best characteristics would you say they would say i love to laugh and that i'm a good listener if you could teach the world one thing what would that be to be more compassionate toward each other see things through other people's eyes What's one thing you want, but cannot buy with money? Ooh, this is a good one. I would want every animal on the face of the earth to be released from abuse and suffering. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> if you could change one thing about the world, what would you change? I would want every little girl to feel supported and loved starting from the beginning. Yeah. And that's, that's really where it does all start is right from when they're young. I mean, if we impart onto our kids when they're young, all of these values and all of these lessons and teach them that to love themselves and that it's okay to not look like this or look like that. And you don't have to fit into a box and that you can do anything you want in life. If we start that with our, our children, boys and girls from a very young age, it just, I think that will make for such stronger and more resilient adults as they grow through life. And because it, it just gets ingrained into them, it becomes second nature. Because I believe, I believe that if you tell someone something enough, whether it be negative or positive, they're going to believe it. So yes. if we start by imparting all of this positivity and these positive ways of thinking and these values into our kids from a young age, they won't know any different as they grow That's up. Right. It'll just That's become right. second nature. It'll be part of their DNA. And that's where it all starts. It starts with our kids. It really does. And I think for that to happen, all of the adults, you and me included, have to be actively breaking patterns yes. that were passed down to us, you know? Well, that's, yeah. that's our responsibility as parents to our kids, right? Yes. Definitely. Sure. It would make such a huge difference in the world if everyone did that with their children. Yes, it would it would change the whole world. Yeah, it would. It really would. And it's so yeah. simple. It really is. Yeah. When you think about it. Well, it, it requires self-awareness. Yeah. Like, you know, you don't realize that you're I told my girls the other day, I won't drop an F bomb. I'm a huge No, fan you can it's okay. You can Can I drop one? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I told my kids the other day, and this is bad that I said this to my, my young daughters, but I said, listen, it's guaranteed. I am doing something right now to fuck you guys up. It's guaranteed. <laughs> so, <laughs> so later on down the line, I'm just letting you know, so you, we can talk about it. Yeah. You know? like, I don't want you to be angry about it, but always tell me if you think I'm off base and let's Let's create the life that we want together. Yeah. Conversation. We've, we've got to keep the lines of communication open with our kids, because if you don't, yes. that that's where the trouble starts. They've totally. got to know that they can come to you and talk to you about anything. Yes. Yes, definitely. I think kids get scared. You know, my mom is going to think I'm crazy yeah. or just embarrassing or shameful. And yeah. I tell them all the time, there's nothing that you could tell me that would surprise me. Trust yeah. me. Yeah, for sure. 
What's your favorite stress reducing activity? Oh, okay. So laughing with my kids because they're hilarious. <laughs> and then taking my two little puppies, my dogs, and just snuggle. I've been such in a happy place just holding one of my pets. Yeah. yeah. If you came with a warning label, what would yours say? <laughs> I look really nice and I am, but please don't push me too far because I will let you know. Now I will. <laughs> you found yeah. your voice. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of kidding. I don't I don't just run around being unkind to people and saying what I think to hurt people's feelings. But yeah, I think it's yeah, don't push me too far because people should be able to say what they yep, think. Yep, absolutely they should. Yeah. What was your dream job as a child? I wanted to be an interpreter at the UN. Really? <laughs> I thought wow. that would be the coolest thing, like to put on the headphones and sit in and like, you know, what's you're helping someone communicate because they yeah. can't. Wow. Yeah. That's... I thought that would be really cool. <laughs> what an important, it seemed like such an important job, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Very specific. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I did have some other ones, but I really, I love, I speak French. And so I, I okay. majored in French and um, I just thought that would be so yeah. wonderful. What's the first thing you notice about a person? Probably just their vibe or like their openness and their warmth. Okay. Yeah. Or lack of it. <laughs> <laughs> Camille, if you had a theme song that played every time you walked into a room, what song would that be? It would be Vogue by Madonna. Awesome. <laughs> that concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. <laughs> who in your life has had the biggest impact on you and why? My dad has had the biggest impact on me in good and bad ways. Not his fault. He taught me how to work so hard. He's the hardest working person that I know. But because of his upbringing in the rural South and, you know, chauvinism and, all of that. He taught me how I don't want to show up in the world as a woman. I sort of, yeah, in a, in a, not a negative way. I think he knows now he was one of the people that I had to have a real heart to heart with, but yeah. um, I think he understands now where I was coming from, but he mm -hmm. did teach me how to work really hard, which yeah. is great. Can you tell me about a moment when a person's kindness made a difference in your life? I'm trying to think of a time when someone was actually really kind to me. I know it's happened. Um, <laughs> that's terrible. Probably, you know, I can think of times in high school where I felt, you know, left out or like I wasn't part of the group and someone reached out and said, come sit here with me. Yeah. I think actually I do remember specifically a time when that did happen. And that really helped me make me into that kind of a person to know yeah. what it feels like to not fit in and then to reach out to other people who may not feel, feel like they do. For sure. It's important. Yeah. And in those years, the high school years, it's, it's very important for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Very painful. What's an unexpected blessing or occurrence in your life that you're grateful for? Well, definitely my kids, but an, a truly unexpected blessing is that I never would have thought that I would ever get a divorce, but it's a blessing to not be in an unhappy relationship. Yeah. yeah. What does the best version of you look like when you close your eyes and imagine it? She is a woman, not a little girl, but a woman who is putting herself fully out into the world, no matter what it looks like, or no matter what other people think about it. I'm, I mean that that's what I think of when the best version of me is this is me. And I know you're not going to like it. Some of you, some of you might, but it really doesn't matter. Yeah. I love that. That's beautiful. 
<laughs> what would you say is one of your biggest, I don't like using this word failures. So we'll, we'll use the word life lessons or teachable moments. And what did you learn from it? A lot of my teachable moments were moments where I didn't stand up for myself. And my biggest failures in life were, and I can only see these in retrospect. I couldn't yeah. see it at the time. I mm-hmm. did not stand up for myself really quick. And I didn't go too far in this in the book, but I was in a physically abusive relationship in high school. Uh It was very violently abusive. And not that I'm a victim of that, but I'm just saying, I did not know that I could say anything. I didn't know that I could fight back or talk about it. So my biggest failures were not really failures, but just not having a voice. And that's why I'm so passionate about it now. But all of that led me here. So I'm grateful for it. Yeah, it's all part of the journey. And it just makes up who we are as people. But to feel that you couldn't speak up or or push back or fight back that I can't even imagine how that must have felt for you. Well, it it just was very isolating. Yeah. 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 If you could step into my shoes, what would you have asked yourself that I didn't ask you? Let's see. I think I would have, I would want not just you, but I would love for every man to say, what can I do to, you know, help us all move through this? Like, I think men, I'm not really answering your question. So I apologize. But like, I think men think women are all angry. Women hate men. We talk about the patriarchy and people don't want to hear that because it sounds like we're labeling people. So I wish every man and look at you, you're like not the average man, clearly. (laughs) A whole podcast on the empowerment of women. So thank you. But I wish men would say, tell me what I can do or tell me how this happen and how it makes you feel, you Uh know, just tell me how it makes you feel. But yeah. So what do you think men can do then to, to help? I think men, I think if I can even go there, I think it's the same with racism, even though I'm a white woman who had every privilege in America, I think it's the same. People just want to feel like you hear them or like they get a chance. Like, this is how I feel. They just want to be seen and heard. Yeah, I would guess, but that's how I want to feel. I want to feel like men are not just pushing back on us, but like, just tell me how you feel. And that takes all of the anger for me out of it. It's like, let me just tell you why this is important, you know? So active listening and standing beside women as allies. Yeah. Yeah. Being empathetic and trying to see it from someone else's point of view. Yeah. That's really not asking for much at all. Yeah. (laughs) Camille, if you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? Don't worry about what anybody thinks about you and just be you completely. Yeah. Love it. And lastly, if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? What would you say? Well, you know, I can't just do it in 30 seconds. No, that's okay. You can take a bit longer. That's all right. (laughs) I would say that I would want every woman to, if you feel insecure, if you feel ashamed, if you feel like you have no voice and you can't speak up, that is okay. Like you don't have to wake up tomorrow and become this like superpower. And I don't care what anyone thinks, but walk out into the world and just be that, you know, for a minute and then start gradually growing into who you are capable of becoming. It has occurred to me before that celebrities, we put them up here and we look at Madonna, who I absolutely love. And we see all of that and we say, well, that's not the real her. But I often think, what if that is the real her? Like the real you is not the real, the you that is 
weighed down by weight or addictions or, you know, feeling like shit about yourself. That's not the real you. The real you is Madonna, you know, out in Vogue videos. So like work every day to live up to who you really can be. And the only way to do that is to show up fully and authentically. And the irony of all ironies is for the women that I'm trying to help, you will lose weight. Weight is just nothing. Like it's going to come off. Live fully, authentically, set a goal, try to become who you were meant to be and who you truly are on the inside. Mm -hmm. And all of that bullshit just goes away. Yeah. Love it. Beautifully said. (laughs) Well said, Camille. Camille, thank you so much for taking the time to be here today and be a guest and welcome to the Empowerography community. I'm so honored and and proud to have you as a member and I appreciate you. This has been an incredibly inspiring conversation. I've thoroughly enjoyed it and I just appreciate you taking the time to be here and share your story and hopefully together as a community, we can help other women get, deal with anything. Yeah. Thank you for having me. This is, I just love every second of it. I love talking about this and I'm really grateful to you to, to actually have an entire podcast devoted to empowering women. I just think that's fantastic. So I would love to come back. You know, I can't stop talking. So. <laughs> we'll bring you back <laughs> when your second book comes out. Yes. Perfect. That sounds great. Thank awesome. you for having me. My pleasure and my honor. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Camille Martin. She is a registered dietitian, a health blogger, and an author. Thanks so much, Camille. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day. You too. Thanks, Brad. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca and follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.